The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Well, hello and welcome back to another fabulous episode of Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. That's T-O-M-A-R-O. So you need to email me. It's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. And what's Twitter? I have a Twitter handle. Step tomorrow. I think it's step tomorrow. I think it is step tomorrow. And you can look me up on Instagram, but I don't really do much there. It's 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 too demanding. Well, you had that push to get the followers. I was trying. I know, but it's just yet another thing I have to check, and it just got it got a little overwhelming. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not young enough, I guess. And now the new Snapchat thing that everybody's on that I'm not on, and I get all these emails all the time about how do you Snapchat to sell houses. I don't. I don't I, know. I, I don't understand Snapchat at all. So, anyways, I need a seventeen-year-old to help me figure that out. So, last week we talked. We did a part two about new construction. So, if you are thinking of building a home, you definitely need to check out last week's show and the week before. Uh, last week we had a great interview with Matt Doring. So, I just want to say thanks again, Matt, to for your help with that. Uh, always good to hear sort of a personal story. I think we learn a lot from each other's stories um, on their experiences. So, that was new construction this week. It'll be something completely different. Um, a little potpourri, if we, if you will. What did we end up calling the show, Rachel? She doesn't even know. You look that up. Well, you look that up. I'm going to introduce Karen. Karen. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. This is Karen Rastel. She's the best damn lender in the state of Indiana. Always here to um, give us a financial perspective as well as a Karen perspective. So appreciate having you here. So we were going, um, Rachel asked me what I wanted to call this show. And I was like, how about 10 random things? But Deb will probably only get to five of them because <laughs> that's kind of what happens in the show. So I'm not sure what we ended up with. We're going to do a little bit of listener mail. We're going to do... A little bit of um, what's new on, H- uh, not HGTV, but with home television. And uh, a little bit of some other potpourri stuff. Why is your realtor mean? I don't think all realtors are mean. Well, you'll see what I say when I get to it. Okay. Why is my realtor mean? It, it, you know, like I said, Yuris always says, when I say to Yuris, what should I do my show on? He's like, think back on your week. And that's sort of my theme this week is I feel like I'm a mean realtor. So I want to explain myself a little bit. But first, I found some very exciting news popped up on my Facebook feed yesterday. And I had to dig into it because there is a new home renovation show that's premiering tonight. Okay. September 6th on the Discovery Family Channel. I think I have that channel. I have no idea. I don't know. (laughs) 
But it's called Game of Homes. Kind of like Game of Thrones. Kind of like, but I've never seen Game of Thrones. I've never seen Game of Thrones either. Okay. Yeah, we're completely behind the times. But what happened on Kardashians last week, Karen? I haven't seen, I have not watched Sunday's (laughs) episode. DVR'd, right? Yeah. (laughs) But she will. Okay, so Game of Homes. It looks kind of interesting. It's shockingly a Canadian show. And I think if you looked up, I accidentally went to the Canadian Facebook page. So I think I can actually tell you who won um, because I think it's uh, you know already shown in Canada. And now they're showing it in the U.S. on this Discovery Family channel. But um, what did they do? They say it's um, promising to add some major DIY-based drama to your TV lineup. I mean, who doesn't like DIY-based drama? But aren't all of those shows anyway oh, drama-filled? Like So full of drama. You have to go over the discretionary budget. and Right. Yeah. So okay. Th- this says that the premise is like a mashup of Extreme Makeover, Home Edition, and The Hunger Games. Um, so what they, there's four teams, usually couples, and they choose, they are shown four dilapidated homes that are faced with demolition. And they can't go inside. They can only look at it from the outside. And they choose one of those homes. Then, this is where it gets kind of weird. The producers move those homes via a barge into the bay outside Vancouver. I think they've done one in Toronto, too. They have these homes sitting on a barge or on several barges. And it surrounds an arena, which they call the Circle. Kind of like a cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. right? So they've created this barge cul-de-sac thing going on. And uh, and then they have to, they have different challenges. And each week or episode, they renovate a different room of the house under a certain deadline. Where does the money come from to, to do this? Is this the show's expense? I have questions. Like, I'm like, I'm sure they probably get some sort of budget. I watched a two and a half minute snippet somewhere on the internet while I was having lunch today so I could, you know, speak informed. And I didn't see them talk about a budget. I saw him assign that, okay, you know, your, this is this week your renovation is the bathroom. You have 72 hours. And they all went, yay, because apparently usually they only have 24 hours. Okay. <laughs> also what makes this interesting is that they are living in the dilapidated houses during this whole process. Which then also begs the question, is there plumbing? I wouldn't think there is. I don't know. It's on a bar. Like, they're going to all this right. expense to move the house from its current location to a to a barge so you right. can be in the center of some arena-like setting where, I guess, you have spectators watching I don't know. all of this. Okay. So this comes on tonight. Tonight. <laughs> and um, And then at the end, the winner wins the house that they renovated. And so then the producers will move the house to another lot. <laughs> Rachel's shaking her head. Because now my question is, is I've moved houses before. Not personally, I've been involved with a nonprofit, Bloomington Restorations, which is a great organization. And, and through that, we've moved several houses. And I've sold houses that have been moved. But I have to think that moving it twice is probably not a great idea. And also, you know, renovating a bathroom in 24 hours or 72 hours even. Mm-hmm. Probably not a great idea. And there, are, I don't know that I would want to live in a house that I personally, like with my own hands, renovated. You realize. I'm I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't sleep at night. I'm going to have to watch this tonight so I can understand how what the rules are right. and, you know, who's judging, who wins. Well, um, I think the producers owe me a shout out because I'm doing a little advertising <laughs> here for them. It's on at uh, 9, 8 Central. 
why do we care? Oh, 8 Central, 9 Eastern. I get all confused with that time change thing. Um, so anyways, that's what it is. It is hosted by Cameron Matheson. No, He I was didn't. on All My Children, apparently, for quite some time. Oh. I don't know if he's Canadian or not. I'm not an ABC soap watcher. Okay. Well, and then, the, so they have guest judges every week that... Um, you know, judge the different competitions. Maybe they'll ask you to be a judge. They should, exactly, because I'm giving them all this free. Yeah. Mm. They could fly you every week. Hello. Um, I don't know who produces this. Canadian people. Very nice. Um, So, yeah, I had questions. I had, um, I don't understand the barges. I don't think moving a home twice is a great idea. I wonder about the plumbing. How good is the remodel? Which made me think of, did you ever watch that uh, home, what is it called? Extreme Makeover Home Edition? With with the tie, mm, yeah, yeah, and I they do I, like they basically rip down the house and build it in a week, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they I think I've told the story before, but they did one a block over from my brother's house, and he lives in Southern California in Redlands, California. And so I went to visit once, and I was like, "Well, I gotta go see this house," because he's an architect. Mm-hmm. He's very much into like green and lead and all this stuff. I don't really know, but um, you know, he very much poo pooed the whole thing. He was just like. Oh. And I drove by and it, or walked by and it was pretty much a monstrosity that didn't fit in the neighborhood. So architecturally, it kind of didn't make sense. But I've heard lots of stories about, you know, you can't do a good tile job. Sometimes stuff needs to dry in between steps. Right. You know, and you can't like, you know, if you're trying to lay tile and then grout right away and the tile hasn't set up, that can't be good. Right. So anyways. That might be why the show's not on any longer. The extreme, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it had. A, I mean, it was on for quite some time, right? So, anyways, that is tonight' uh, new show. So we'll see how that goes. It says, "May the odds ever be in their favor." Um, how was your weekend? We had just come off a long weekend. It was long. Yeah, yeah. Jack had his first football game. Oh, they didn't win, oh. but it was it was still pretty fun and exciting to watch third and fourth graders. Do they tackle? Yes, oh. it is tackle. Goodness gracious. And you did something else really exciting this weekend, too, didn't you? Oh, it was super exciting. Yeah, what did you do? I went and bought new appliances. <laughs> new appliances? Woohoo! Okay, so we have to use this as a learning moment. Because as I swear, I have discussions about appliances all the time with people. So, your husband? Yes. Did he have a budget? We, he, we did have a budget. He had done some research here and there. Uh, not as extensive as most research that he does. But uh, we knew what we wanted to stay within. And I'll tell you what, I was like one hour into it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm done. I, I need to hire someone to just go pick these things out for me. Did you go to multiple stores? We went to two. Okay. And so when you were an hour into it, were you, were you on your second store, or were you no, like an hour I, at the first store? Uh, we were probably an hour into the first store, and then we realized we're not purchasing them there. Went to the second one. I'm just like, oh, that looks good. Is that within the budget? Yeah. Tony's doing some math. And yeah. Yes. It's, I'm like, let's get that. Let's go. Like, I was done. Like, <laughs> I was in a great mood Saturday, too. It was like, but we had some water issues again. I missed a meeting that I wanted to go to in the morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just one thing after another. So, But they come on Saturday. Well, so that's good. So, but you purposely waited too, did Tony make you wait a few days till the uh, Labor Day holidays? Yes. Dishwasher went out, still ha- had to wait about a week? Yes. I've been washing dishes by hand for two <gasps> weeks now. Oh, heaven forbid. So did you, did you upgrade to the stainless steel? I did, but you know what happened? What? They have a different stainless steel. It's okay. called black stainless steel. Okay. It is sharp looking. It's black? 
it's it is black. Have you seen the watch I wear a lot of mm-hmm. times? It's like that, mm-hmm. like that type of metallic. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool, but I I stayed away from those because. So does they the black stainless steel not have you know a lot of people that are complaints are like the fingerprints and the doggy nose prints that mm-hmm. it's that it smudges up really easily. Well, I, I mean they offer appliances that are smudge proof, and so mm-hmm. we got the normal stainless steel color and okay. in a smudge proof. So I'll let you know how that okay. happens. You let me know how that works. I'll, I'll press my face up against it, and I don't have any dogs, so I don't know how else to test it. You have a nine-year-old. It's the same thing. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. right. Greasy or fingerprints. So I guess my question is: Then did you go in with the intent of getting stainless steel? Yes. Because you would die if you didn't get stainless steel, like all the people on House Hunters? Not so much, but we all we have white right now. Mm-hmm. And any other, I didn't want white again. Yeah. I was doing some Googling because I was just trying to kind of see what the latest trends were about appliances and whatnot. So I could be educated when I was speaking. Mm-hmm. And um, they said that um, the newest trend, you know, there's always something newer and better. So sure. it's like stainless steel. All right. You know, it's kind of like, oh, that's great. But there's something newer and better. Now they're saying the built-in appliances where you can't even tell the appliances are there. Yeah, my kitchen's not. And I'm like, like yeah, that. no, that's somebody was typing like ten dollar signs, like this is a do- you know dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign kind of product sort of thing. But um, did you guys worry about energy rating at all? No. Okay. <laughs> I honestly no. I was like, is that going to fit in the space allotted? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, and I right. knew that Tony had done all the measurements, and I'm like, right. let's just be done. And so that was more yes. important. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were saying, you know, if, you've, if you're running a 15-year-old refrigerator, anything you buy new is certainly going to be more energy efficient anyways. Yeah. So, interesting. All right, well, if anybody wants to see pictures of Karen's <laughs> new stainless steel appliances, we'll post those up on Facebook next week after they get delivered and installed, and, uh, and then we'll give her some um, gift certificates for manicures. Because she's got dishpan hands right now. Yeah, that is true. Poor girl. I know. All right, let's go to break, and we'll come back and talk about why I'm such a mean realtor. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all 
comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to real real estate today to reach deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show please send an email to deb at real real estate today.com that's deb at real real estate today.com now back to this week's program welcome back to another great episode of real real estate today and we are talking today about a little bit potpourri of things, but I think the bulk of the segment is going to, I'm going to call, why is my realtor so mean? I know that sounds really bad. Karen's looking at me like I'm crazy. Pretty sure I need some therapy. And I think I'm internalizing a little bit. Let me, let me preface this by saying in our market, and this is why you need to talk to, have a good relationship with a realtor to understand what your market is doing. Our market is typically really dead in July and August. I mean, beyond dead to the point where we start to panic and we think, oh my gosh, it's over. It's the end of the world. This is the next real estate bust. Nobody, my phone's not ringing. Nothing's going on. And then I crunch numbers and I look back at historically and I go, oh yeah, that's right. It's like this every June and July. And then we always say, oh, after Labor Day, it'll be, it'll come back a little bit. And we get a nice little bump in the fall. And we always say that. And yet I'm not sure we ever really believe ourselves. And yet I can, I can feel it today. Labor Day weekend was busy. <laughs> I don't know. I was just talking to Alice, who's in the office next to mine, and she's like, I thought it would wait until after Labor Day, but it wasn't. She was super busy all weekend, too. So things do uh, come back. I had multiple offers on one of my listings this weekend, which was exciting, and uh, um, yeah, had a nice little weekend. However, with that, when as you get busier and busier, then you kind of, you know, things go on with clients. Um, and so I think I sometimes internalize and project feelings onto people that maybe aren't necessarily there. I feel like there were things I had to say to clients this past week that created disappointment in them, which is really sad for me because I always want home buying to be a fun and non-disappointing experience. But when I feel that like maybe very subtle tinge of they're disappointed, then I feel like they think I'm being mean. Do you have examples like... I do. Okay. Uh-huh. But I feel like I'm being the mom sometimes has to say, well, it's for your own good. And then they get mad and they get disappointed. So here's an example. So we've talked about this. And that's the thing. I think I feel like I've talked about this ad infinitum. Um, one of them is qualify before you shop. Yes, that's very important. I know. I know we've talked about this before. We're going to talk about it again. Don't fast forward. It's really important. But okay, Karen, we just talked about your new appliances. So did you have a general sense, I know what the answer is to this, for what your budget was and how, not just what your budget was, but how you were going to pay for it before you walked in the store? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, some people don't, and I guess maybe they figure it out afterwards. I would imagine there are people in the world who are like, mm, I'm going to go buy a fridge. No idea how I'm going to pay for it, get in the store, trying to piece together credit cards, don't really think it through, you know, until it's yeah. like right there in front of them. My guess is that in the long run, that's not the best financial decision. It's probably not the best plan to have. But yeah, if you need to finance something like that, then figure that piece out before you get there. Right. So same thing goes with home buying. Um, but 
I get calls all the time from people who haven't figured that piece out and want to immediately go into the store and pick out homes kind of thing. And, and I get that. And, and I feel like I'm trying to help them. I'm really careful about my tone when I, you know, respond to them and ask them questions. But when I get a call about one of my listings, I don't know who the caller is. Um, I feel like I have an obligation to myself and to my sellers to ask a few questions because I always sort of, if they push back, I say, you know, what would your mother say if you told her that your job was to meet strangers at deserted houses? (laughs) What would your mom say? That's a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. No, she would say, are you out of your mind? Exactly. (laughs) She would say, Debbie, we get that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was strangers that I don't know anything about. That basically, if I got a call, I would drop everything and I would run and meet people at empty houses. Sounds a little bit like a hooker. <laughs> I guess I'm you could just say saying, that. right? And it's not smart. So, as much as qualifying you, pre-qualifying you is you know good to make sure you're shopping within your budget. It's also a security thing. And the reason I bring this up is obviously I had this happen to me last week, but also September is. Uh, for within the industry is Realtor Safety Month. So it's a month that the National Association of Realtors really promotes um, different ideas and different suggestions on how to make sure that realtors are safe. So I was doing some research, and I'm a bit aghast at what I discovered. It's terrifying. I don't even want to, like, say it out loud. Um, How many realtors have been killed showing houses? Well, I know of the one that happened like last year, the year before. In Alabama, I think it was, or yeah. Arkansas. On average, between 2003 and 2012, 17 real estate homicides per year. Oh, my gosh. Per year. That's terrifying. That's crazy. I know. I kind of like, yeah, that's that's a lot. Um and especially when I feel like it can be easy to protect yourself, but it's such a tough business and you get someone who acts like they're serious about a house and you do want to jump. Um, and, you know, I really try to pull myself back on that, but I also want to try and find the balance because I feel like I have an obligation to my seller. Somebody calls and is asking about their house. I certainly want to try and sell their house. You know, that's what they hired me to do, but I have to protect the, myself and I have to protect them as well. Um, so this is why I mean, because I ask you questions before I jump to show you a house. Nobody's ever said straight up that you're mean, but I feel like that's, that's what they're thinking in the back of their head. It could very well be, but it's those people, I, you know, this may be Oprah coming through, but I feel like when someone is asking, have you been pre-approved or pre-qualified by a lender yet? And if they take this really like, not obnoxious stance, Mm -hmm. like, well, my credit should be fine. It's not about that. It's about let's just get all your ducks in a row because you may want to write an offer right then and there. Exactly. Well, I had an example from last year. Um, I had this listing way on the country in a place where there's no cell signal. And the person wanted to see the house. And I asked him if he was pre-qualified for a mortgage and, um, you know, just trying to make sure that he's a legit buyer because typically they've provided the lender some information. And so I feel like if they're providing you information and you've sort of confirmed that they're a real person, right? then I, I feel more comfortable that they've, you know, talked to somebody else. And the person said, no, I have not. And I said, well, can I, usually what I say is, you know, can I connect you with a great lender? I always pass them along, Karen. Can I connect you with a great lender? They can do that real quick. You know, it doesn't take long. Um, And he said, no, I just want to see the house. 
So then I go to my plan B and I explain all this to them in detail why I'm asking these questions too. And I say, can you come to my office and just meet with me for a bit? Um, that it, I, it's for security purposes. I always explain that to them. And it's, again, not just for my security, but it's also for my sellers too, because I feel like I have an obligation to make sure I'm not letting a, a crazed meth head in the house or something like that. Nothing against meth heads. But. Um, so by bringing someone into the office, A, it gauges how serious they are. Two, it lets other people see their face, lets mm-hmm. the office staff see their face. In some offices, they even recommend you making a copy of their driver's license and leaving it with someone at the front desk. I had some really good training. Um, when I first started, I was in a Century 21 brokerage, uh, which is no longer Century 21 here in town. And they really did do some good education to, of new realtors. I remember learning all these things like, you know, be conscious of where you park your car. Make sure that people can't block you in. Like park on the street instead of in the driveway so that if you had to, you know, make a run for it, nobody's behind you. Yeah. Um, think about when you are showing a home and someone goes into a bedroom, don't go first because you can get cornered. Mm-hmm. Um, so go, you know, just sort of stay in the hallway, you know, make sure that you're kind of you're, you're always close to a door kind of thing. Just be aware of things like that. Um, so one of the things they would say is have someone meet you in the office. And then if you go out to look at a home with them, just make sure you stay as you're leaving to the front desk person. Hey, I'll be back in 20 minutes or something like that. Right. That makes the person then know someone's expecting you. Because um, I think that's kind of what happened with the one realtor. The really sad story was that it took, I think, a little while because no one really knew where she was or what right. she was doing. Um, I'm not saying I do those things all the time, but I should. So you asked this person to come into the office. Uh-huh. And yep. And, and some of it, too, is just you know checking my gut. Like, I'll sit with him face-to-face and see. Anyways, he said no. He said he didn't have time to do that. Yeah. So And then, of course, I thought, if you don't have time for that, you probably don't have time to buy a home. So I never did. He never saw the house. But I went home at the end of the day. I didn't get killed. So that's good. I guess that was good, right? So just think about that. If someone starts to ask you questions, they're not being nosy and they're not being mean, um, that a lot of times it's for security purposes, um, you know, for everyone. I had another one this week um, that called on one of my listings and they hadn't been pre-qualified and they weren't willing to do that. And they said they just wanted to look at the house without obligation. So they felt like if they got... If they were to take the time to get pre-approved or pre-qualified, that then they would be obligated? I guess. I'm not, you know, and I'm not really sure. You know, we always come up with this. The people say, I don't want to get pre-qualified because I don't want to take the ding on my credit. And we always talk about yeah, that that's, I mean, not, if you're that close on your credit score, you may not quite be ready to buy a house anyways. Exactly. And it's not a huge ding. It's usually just a little ding. Um, but these people were, they said they had a house to sell and that they just really weren't serious. They just wanted to kind of, and I get that. And 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 it's, again, it's difficult because I want to be helpful. I certainly would love to meet these people because it sounds like they might have some real estate needs in the future. However, do I waste my seller's time getting their house ready for a showing, getting their hopes up, getting them excited that we have a showing and maybe there'll be an offer when I know for a fact that's not going to be the case right it's a really really tough um you know decision to make and in the end i suggested to her that i I understand this need to sort of explore the market a lot of times when you're moving up in home you don't want to put your house on the market until you know there's going to be something out there that works for you but 
you don't want to look at houses until your house is on the market. So maybe they should go like attend open houses. Hey, you're so you smart. Know? That's exactly what I told them. And I said, I would be happy to let you know when the next open house is at that house and you can come by and take a look at it then. I mean, that's really what that's for. So a couple of things with that, too. This is why it is helpful to develop a relationship with a realtor, because my longstanding relationships with clients um, and past clients and people who are willing to meet me in my office and talk about their needs and what their long term plans are. I will happily show them houses because I know they're not going to kill me. And I, you know, and I know them enough to know, you know, what their needs are and that they're legitimate and that sort of thing. But a stranger off the street, I'm going to be a little bit more cautious. So, you know, if you are in that position where you're needing to explore homes and kind of figure out where your next step is, again, your first call really needs to be a realtor. And hopefully it's, you know, the realtor that you worked with on your previous home or someone who's referred, you've been referred to by a friend and you establish a relationship with them and they're going to be able to help you get into those homes as well as doing the open houses. Um, there, let's see, how else? I have like five of these. Of why, how, of why, the, why the realtors mean? Yeah. Okay. How I'm being a mean realtor this week. Um, let's go to break. And we will come back and talk more about me being a mean realtor. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are
are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. It is Bash on Deb Day. In my mind, anyways. Why is my realtor being so mean to me? So apparently I feel like I've been being mean to people, and really it's just for your own good. So let's talk about another way that I am mean to people. Um, I keep making you, that's not good proper grammar at all. I make you bug your lender with stupid questions. What kind of stupid questions? I'm just thinking, (laughs) I don't ever get any stupid questions. I know, but I think that that's what I feel like when I come back to people and say, okay, so here's my story. It's awesome that you got pre-qualified for a home. Blessed you. I'm so excited. I so appreciate that. But I found myself this week explaining to a client that even though you as the buyer are pre-qualified, the home is not. Okay. Am I right? Yes. That you got to pre-qualify you and the home that you want to buy. Or qualify the home that you want to buy. Approve the home you want to buy. And this is something that the lender has to do. So when I see out of the ordinary home circumstances, I counsel my clients to check with their lender. And I prefer that they do this before we even go look at the home if I know there's something funky with it. And it's and I, I feel like they're like, oh, you just don't want to waste your time. Or like you're lazy, you know, or whatever. Again, I know I'm projecting. I need therapy. No, whatever. you follow my, my philosophy, which is be proactive versus right. reactive. Because here's the thing. If you fall in love with the house and then you can't buy it, it taints the rest of the home buying process. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, you'll compare everything to it and you'll be disappointed from here on out and it just stinks. So this week I had one was a manufactured home. The client had not been qualified for a manufactured home. I said, talk to your lender, you know, because interest rates are different. Financing options are different, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I had one where it was a bank-owned home and all the carpeting had been ripped out. So it was just concrete slab. I asked my buyer probably three times, can you check with your lender on that? Make sure that that's not a problem with your loan. Now, they were putting 20% down, so I wasn't sure. If they were buying with an FHA loan, I'd be like, no. It's a showstopper. you got to have carpet. You can't have uh, the bare subfloor or slab. And with a bank-owned home, they're not going to put carpet in there for you. So I kept asking him. And finally, he's just like, ah, we'll just skip it. And I'm like, because you don't want to make a call to your lender? No, but I was like, I'll call your lender if you want me to. But if they really, really wanted the house, find out, you know, if that that condition would be okay. Right. And I just felt like the buyer was getting frustrated. I was like, I'm not trying to frustrate you, but, you know, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm only, I, I said to him, my obligation is to show you houses you can buy. Right. So if I'm showing you houses that you can't buy, then I'm falling down on the job. Um, another one I get a lot is land. Mm-hmm. that people will ask me about land. They'll be looking at houses, and then they'll switch over to land, just raw land. And that's, you can talk to that. That's a totally different financing issue, right? That is completely different. And a company like mine, we don't do vacant land. There has to be a home on there. Yeah. But I always try to ask the, the person at the pre-approval point, you know, are you looking for a single family? Are you looking for a duplex? Are you looking at manufactured? Mm-hmm. Be, and I tell them that all those 
those different property types are different. So, you know, what are what are their eyes drawn to? Right. Condos. Well, and one of the challenges we have this time of year, and we've said it all year, we've had a shortage of homes, but this year's even, this time of year is even worse because we have even fewer homes on the market. So, um, you know, this this family was getting a little bit, they were getting a little creative in their thinking. They were looking at duplexes and trying to figure out if they could, turn them back into single family homes because there's just not many options in the area that they wanted to be in. And the thing with the duplex was, let me find out when the leases are up. Well, the leases aren't up for another year. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, both sides are leased. And I'm like, so that changes your financing situation too. If you wanted to go ahead and say, well, I'll just buy it and we'll just wait a year to move because then you're buying an investment property. You're not buying an owner-occupied property. Because exactly. owner-occupied properties, you sign something that typically says you're going to move in. and Within like 60 days from the closing date. Yeah. So that's a so that's a big deal there. So anyways, I just feel like I'm being Debbie Downer when I'm trying to like <laughs> say, go talk to your lender. And they don't want to do it. Why we do they not want to do it? You need to have that sound bite that goes. I know. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Yeah. I know. This is really one of my favorite Saturday Night Live skits. Yes. With Rachel Dratch. Yes, Rachel Jatch is Debbie Downer. And at it, Disney World. And, yeah, you got it at Disney World, and uh, Jimmy Fallon's in it. and Lindsay, um, Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. And they all get the giggles, and it's just hysterical. That's one of my all-time Any, favorites. Anytime I'm down, I actually watch that clip. We should probably put that on Facebook. It's one of my favorites. All right, how else am I being mean? Um, my realtor is being mean to me because they aren't telling me what I want to hear. That sounds wow. really bad. And I just, mm, have you ever met one of those people that... Just ask the same questions over and over and over again. Thinking, thinking that you're going to get a different Eventually, answer. you'll get the answer that you want to hear. And I am all for perseverance, <laughs> if we want to call it that. Um, but again, my obligation is to make sure you understand the realities of your local real estate market. Um, and truth be told, it makes me like super sad when you don't believe me. <laughs> and then I start to internalize. I'm like, why do they not trust me? Why do they not believe me? Because it feels like, you know, I failed to earn your trust if you're sort of like keep asking me the same thing. So, like, here's an example. I have a client who's looking at new construction. And in our market around here, there is typically not much wiggle room with builders. And the price is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I've explained to him the reasons for this. Okay. So, one, it's a business. Builders are in it to make money. Um, we know exactly what their motivation is. Their motivation is to turn a profit. It's not like an individual homeowner who's got motivation because they got to move to Florida so they can be closer to their kids or whatever. I mean, there's different, we, we know what this is. Um, money is cheap right now. So if builders had to, you know, borrow or have investors, um, they don't need to sell tomorrow. They can carry the cost of the property for a long time. And they have to look at the overall picture. So, I have this client, he just keeps asking me, you know, well, will they negotiate on price? No. Will they negotiate on price? No. Will they? (laughs) No. So then we go to the model home and meet with the listing agent of the model home. And he asks the listing agent, will they negotiate on price? She's like, no. No. (laughs) And then he sent an email later in the day. He's like, well, if they would negotiate on price. I was like, but no. So, and I get it. It's like, it really would be a good house for him. Mm-hmm. But it's just not going to happen. And I hate to be the one that has to tell you that, but I have to tell you that. No, but I think that that's a good one to put out there because most of us wouldn't know that. Yeah. You know, we can negotiate possibly appliances or buying a vehicle or something like that. So we just think, well, let's just ask Everything's and, negotiable, right? Uh, exactly. We say that. Let's Everything's just ask negotiable. and see what happens. And so. I, that's a totally fair question to ask. And the first six times you ask me it, 
Totally fair. But then, you know, they come back and they want, there's another new construction project and they're listed for 230000 And they haven't sold any yet. Mm-hmm. And so the client thinks, says, well, I maybe they would take 170 because they haven't sold. Karen just goes, what the what? I just like, yeah, did you hear my, my head <laughs> rattle? I was like, what? <laughs> um, because, because the rationale was that they hadn't sold any yet. Mm-hmm. And... Well, that kind of makes sense. Again, builders are in business. They're in business to make money. That's why they're there. And if they sell that first one for 170000 then guess what the comps are for all the future ones that they build? Exactly. 170000 So all of a sudden, they can't sell them for a higher price. And you also think about even if the carrying cost on that property was $2,000 a month, mm-hmm. that'd be like two and a half years that they could carry that property, <laughs> you know, waiting for the right buyer. So... I know that it's really disappointing when you see something. And again, that's why it's like you need to be really clear on your budget and don't let yourself go see things that you can't afford. I think that's why I could never build a house. <sighs> but I will say, on to tie on to that one, um, I did a loan for a woman who bought a house. It was the first unit available in this newly constructed one. And they were at a price point, I don't remember, let's say it was like 230 or 220 mm-hmm. When her appraisal came in, um, going forward, like she still got in at her price, but going forward, all the other ones were priced at a higher, mm. you know, because now they now they had it like a legit. Oh, because their appraisal came in higher than purchase price. Yes. So she got a deal. She got a deal that Good first buyer. But then going forward, then I saw in the paper or how they were advertising that all these other units, which were identical, were a little bit higher. Right. So and here's another way. I guess this is the fourth way. My realtor's being mean. My realtor's being mean to me. They insist that I hire a professional to make a repair when I know I can do it myself. Always hire a professional. Oh, man. I know Tony's not listening, but have you seen some of the work in my basement? I think I saw some trim work. The trim, work, trim work was done by professional. Pre, pre-flood, I saw trim work. Okay. Maybe. No, Tony doesn't. He's not listening to the show. He's at work right now. Excellent. So he does not have the mad skills. Uh, you would not want to be on Game of Homes with Tony. <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> no, we would have the deport, divorce papers ready for you right there. Well, you know, I can't I don't want to share a lot of details about this because I'm kind of in the middle of a situation where the, the seller didn't want to hire a professional. And I think what was a relatively simple repair that probably would have cost a few hundred dollars is going to end up going in the thousands because of well or potentially kill the deal because um, that it of the way that it was done and now having to kind of backpedal so um i'm not i'm not being mean when i say hire a professional even if you think you can do it it's good to have the liability on someone else too i think i'm a big fan of that all right so that's that's mean realtors we're mean um The last part of the show, we'll start in this briefly and then uh, before our last break, uh, is a little bit of listener mail that I got from a gentleman. And uh, I learned something from it. And then I also answered his question and was able to put some of my thoughts on paper um, in answering his question. So I thought there were useful things to share. But the first thing that he taught me about was a loan program for Native Americans that I had no idea. And I don't think you knew either. No. When you asked me, I had no idea. 
So it's called, uh, if you are a member, you have to be a registered member of a recognized, uh, federally recognized Native American tribe. Um, there is a loan program called the HUD 184 Native American Home Loan, and it requires an extremely low down payment. And this gentleman was coming from uh, Los Angeles, so a very expensive area. And they, um, the program offers down payments of like two and a quarter percent. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And if it's a less than $50,000 home, it's, uh, I think, one and a quarter percent or one and a half percent. Very, very low. But Congress established the program in 1992 to facilitate home ownership and uh, increase capital, or access to capital in Native American communities. It's basically similar to an FHA program where the loan is guaranteed um, by the federal government, but the, the, uh, the special department there. Um they have flexible underwriting, and it can be used anywhere, on or off. doesn't have to be on tribal grounds or anything like that. Um, the one thing I thought was really odd, and I don't understand this, is that not all areas are eligible. It looks like there's a map, and I think, Rachel, I gave you, I sent you a link for that so people can look at it if they're curious or qualified. Some full states qualify, like Indiana. Mm-hmm. All you, know, you can buy a house anywhere in Indiana would qualify for this. Anywhere in California but some are just partial. Some states are just part, partial, like certain counties. So like in Texas and Mississippi, just certain counties qualify. And then others aren't eligible, eligible at all, like Ohio. Why is that? I have, I have no idea. I don't get it because to me, Indiana, I live in Indiana, but we're pretty much the same thing as Ohio, aren't we? We are. <laughs> yeah. We're not that different. I don't know. Um, in addition to the really low down payment, there's also no monthly PMI. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, there's just an upfront fee of 1%, which is pretty reasonable, and then that's it. So it's a great loan program. So if you um, belong to a Native American group, um, it's something you definitely want to take a look at. The website has links to lenders um, who service all the various states as well. So that was something that I learned, which I think is really great. And uh, we're going to go to break and then come back and... uh, talk about the rest of the question you are listening to real real estate today your home for smart real estate stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. 
but we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, Karen Tignani. Am I boring you today? No, I had I had mm-hmm. a pretty big lunch. She had a big today. lunch. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, we are in our last segment, which is also known as the speed talking segment, because this is when I realize I've written way too much for the show and don't have enough time left. So, let's jump right into it. So, in addition to, we were talking about an interesting loan option um, that a listener brought to my attention, but then he also had this question, and he said, "I know there are a million factors that go into this question." But is it financially beneficial to put a very low down payment if I don't have to? As in take several thousand dollars I wouldn't put down and invest elsewhere. Or are people better off putting a large down payment to save an interest over the years? Um, so ideally, you know, it's like for, as an example, instead of you could put 30000 down or you could put $60,000 down. Or do you put $30,000 down and take the other thirty and invest it? He's thinking of investing it in some kind of business. Um, but he keeps thinking about that additional $30,000 that he would be financing and how that would eat him up in interest over the years. What do you think? Well, I, my first question to someone is, what is, what's your ultimate goal here? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? You know, can you afford a payment, a mortgage monthly mortgage payment with the lesser down payment mm-hmm. and then take that difference and go invest or whatever? Right. If this is going to be your forever home and you don't want to carry a mortgage debt that long, mm-hmm. then maybe you want to put the full. I mean, it just all depends on what their right what their main objective is. Right, exactly. So I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think the answer depends on you and on your habits. Um, do you, Karen? Do you ever listen to Dave Ramsey? You know the financial guru on the radio. I do not listen to him. Okay, but I know who he is. Okay, so he tells people with absolutely no hesitation, you put down as much as possible, no less than twenty percent. 15-year mortgage, that's it, no other questions. And I think a lot of what he does is really good for a lot of people. And in theory, I agree with a lot of his principles. Um, So don't, like, I don't want him to take out a hit on me or anything. But he does take the personal factor out of the equation. It's like, this is the rule, this is what you do, no questions asked kind of thing, which makes it nice and easy. But I feel like there there should be a, a personal personal aspect Mm -hmm. to it so here here's kind of what i'm thinking um would you really and honestly invest that thirty thousand dollars and make a greater return if you didn't put it on the mortgage and i think that's the question that you honestly have to ask yourself Um, and you know yourself better than anyone else Um, not everyone is disciplined to do that and that doesn't make you a bad person um, it doesn't, you know, we all have things that we are disciplined to do well and disciplined to not, not disciplined at all. Candy corns. I'm not disciplined around candy corns. I regret it afterwards. Those are disgusting. But no, they're good stuff. Oh my gosh. Okay. Rachel, tiebreaker. Candy learning. corns, yes or no? Oh, she's a no. 
And right. they're all we for me. <laughs> Oh, you only like certain colors on the candy corn. You just bite the chips off, right? Okay. So I think that's the thing is, can you, are you being realistic, really realistic about what you're going to do with that $30,000 and does it make sense? If you're going to buy a business that has a high risk of failing and not come out ahead at the end of the day, then it may not make a lot of sense. Um, and, and I was doing some number crunching too. This was kind of fun. So if you borrowed an additional $30,000, it's say 3.75, that's a you know good normal interest rate that we're around these days, you would pay $20,000 in interest over 30 years. Yikes, that's a lot. So that $30,000 is going to cost you 20000 over 30 years. So then the, if you were to invest uh, your money in stocks or bonds or mutual funds or a business or anything else, at the end of 30 years, if your $30,000 investment is worth fifty, then you've Broke even, right? Right. Because you've spent uh, the $20,000 in interest you've spent to make $20,000 in profit. So you need to make more than $50,000. So if that's the case, that's probably not worth it. But if you're going to make more than that, then, you know, it possibly does make sense. But then you have to ask yourself a step further. So you have to look realistically at what your business plan is or what you think you're going to do with that money. How realistic is it that you can make more money? how realistic is it you'll, that you'll be disciplined to do that? But then you have to, kind of what you were talking about, is it worth your peace of mind mm-hmm. to have a bigger down payment? What if the real estate market drops, you know, the bottom drops out again and home values go down? I don't think they're going to go down that much, but if they did, does that give you peace of mind? Does that help you sleep better at night? What's your risk tolerance? Um, whenever you go to a financial advisor, they always ask you, what's, what's your risk tolerance? I have no tolerance. You have no tolerance for risk? I personally don't, no. But Tony probably has a little bit. Yeah. A little bit riskier. Right. So, because you're taking a risk with your money if you plan to invest it and and you're basically hoping, (laughs) strategically hoping that you'll make more money than the interest rate on your loan. So there's a value to this peace of mind, um, but I don't think anyone else can define that for you. I think that's something you have to define yourself. And and so, you know, if you're at the end of the day, your $30,000 makes you 60 and you come out $10,000 ahead after 30 years of work. Yeah. I don't know that that's worth it to me. No, but if someone did take that investment and, and double or triple it, and then they wanted to put a large principal reduction down on their loan, ask their loan servicer to recast their mortgage, which would then re-amortize it out based on the new principal balance it would lower your payment. I mean, there's other things. You're stealing my thunder, Karen. Oh, is that part of your next yeah, segment? totally part I of my head. No, 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 that's good. That's good. No, because that's exactly what, um, in my response to this listener, was I'm sort of having a similar internal conversation in my head regarding paying off uh, some of my rental properties that I have mortgages on. And I'm sort of like, okay, do I take this money and do I pay down a chunk? Or do I take this money and buy another one? Or do I take this money and fix one up and try and get more rent out of it? Do I take this money and invest it kind of thing? And I've been going back and forth all year about it. So this was really a good exercise for me to kind of put my thoughts down. Um, Right now, my answer is sort of a hybrid, like you suggested. So the plan is that I'm taking the chunk and I'm actually investing it. I'm going to buy one property and I'm investing in another property or investing in like mutual funds and bonds and stocks and things like that that I'm working with my guy on. And hopefully at the end of five years, I'll even have more and be able to do that big chunk like you talked about. Mm -hmm. So 
the plan is then I could either pay off in full certain properties or be able to pay down the principal, change my payment amount or something like that. So for me, um, that's sort of what is giving me peace of mind. It's sort of satisfying my need to, you know, maybe have a little bit of a risk, um, you know, maybe try my hand at, you know, investing a little bit and seeing what more I can come up with, but not in a way that is so risky. I mean, we are certainly not mortgaged to the hilt on all of our properties. You know, there's certainly um, some middle ground there that we have found. So I think that's uh, certainly something to consider. Um, And, you know, and I think at any point along the way, if, you know, with my five-year plan, if returns aren't what I'm expecting, I'm going to bail and I'm just going to put that back into the property. So, Again, I don't think there's a black and white answer for anyone. I think that you need to ask yourself some serious questions and be realistic. And don't be down on yourself like I've been today being mean realtor. If you're not the kind that's disciplined to do it, I think people typically recognize that. And that's okay. Um, You know, pay down that mortgage instead and uh, go to sleep at night and know that you don't owe that much. Let's see. What are we talking about next week? It'll come to me. Oh, Oh, crap, I just bought a house. What happens now? <laughs> that's what it is. I think that's what, is that what we're calling the show? I, I don't know. Uh, but it's something like that. So you get an accepted offer on a house from the buyer's perspective. Now what happens? And we'll go through all the things from inspections to appraisals and um, what's, what's going on with that. So that'll be a fun show as well. I encourage you to listen up. Karen, thank you for joining me. Rachel, thank you for all the Facebook posts. F- please find me on Facebook, uh, Deb Tomorrow Realtor right? Sure. Deb Tomorrow Realtor is what I am on Facebook. So look me up over there and we are always posting fun and interesting things. So like that page and follow it. And we will be back next week with more great information. This was Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets. 